I'm Kevin, a.k.a. Neon Nazgul, from the Operation Pug Podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. AMD's Sleeping with the Enemy, Meltdown Inspector Run Wild, is Apple by Netflix, and much more, so grab your spoons because the soup is served. Hey everybody, welcome to Digital Soup. This is episode 56. This is the only podcast who is still shipping Mulder and Scully. Am I right, guys? Am I right? I think so. <laughs> Maybe. Shipping? Did you say shipping Mulder shipping. and yeah, it's some type of uh, you know, it's relationshipping. Uh, oh. It's it's uh, the kids say it, you know, um, and uh, you know, I just decided to use don't. it. Okay. No, no, I mean uh, kids, as in thirty-year-olds. <laughs> All you whippersnappers <laughs> with your so with your. I am forty-seven this year. <laughs> According oh. to Urban Dictionary, shipping is the act of one wanting or supporting two individuals involved in a romantic relationship. Dang. Yeah. Jason knows his stuff. Yeah, well, he's yeah. I, uh, he's woke. I listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. They, the Walking and specifically the Walking Dead podcast. I listen to like three of them, and that's where I actually came across that term because they were shipping a lot of the characters. Mm. And yeah, I, for the longest time, I had no idea what they're talking about i'm like what do you put these people in a box and send them someplace via fedex i could not figure out what they were talking about i <laughs> but, i literally had dead. to google it yeah, free yeah, shipping them. there's no ships come on now man nothing's working <laughs> there's not even any kind of parcel services give me a break yeah well although uh no 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 remember the i was gonna say the governor oh my gosh i'm a few seasons back no the farm yeah, yeah, the farm. Negan did bring... I thought you said vegan at first. No, Negan did bring that one woman in the coffin. Well, that's true. Remember? That's so true. it kind of shipped her. Shipped hey, her that, that whole show seems to deliver consistently, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no delays, no delays. <laughs> but anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's forge on here. Uh, joining me in the Digital Soup virtual studio, as always, is Adam and usually Dave. How goes it, gentlemen? Very well, what it is. Yep, doing good, doing good. It feels like we were just here. Yeah, yeah. it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Our listeners don't know, but yeah, it does feel like we're just here. <laughs> right, right. Oh, fond memories. But you'll know soon. Listeners will know very soon. We've got a special new installment coming that should be up, what, what do you say, Jason, sometime a little later this I'm, week? I'm hoping tomorrow. I mean, uh, we recorded it on Friday. These guys did their part, and now I am just completely failing everybody. I'm just a failure. I'm just uh, a classic Jason. Yeah. This guy's a phony. <laughs> there just needs to be more hours in a day and less responsibilities like work and children. Dang it. <laughs> you know what I nice. mean? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, Adam, why don't you go give us a little segue onto something here because we want to we wanna get this ball rolling. Oh, I'll give you a segue rolling, to the max rolling, slowdown rolling. zone. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> I don't want to go in a slow zone. I want to go in a fast zone. We're going to talk about... <laughs> it's like the slot. We're going to talk about security a little bit today. Yeah. Um, a lot of you guys have heard about Meltdown Inspector, 
and yeah. um, the, some of the problems that they're posing. These are chip exploit uh, malware uh, techniques, and uh, there there's an article right now that we're looking at talking about how it's going to cause slowdowns, like the actual patch is going to cause slowdowns. And so, of course, we've got two different things here. One is Meltdown, one is Spectre. And both of these take advantage of uh, CPU vulnerabilities, something that's called speculative execution, which um, this is going to get kind of geeky here, but um, if you look that's at the way, the way we like it, if you look at the way your computer operates, starting back like in the 50s, speculative execution was a technique that was starting to be used in, in computer devices. So um, what it is, is your computer, your processor will kind of preload actions and processes in advance of you doing anything. Basically, I'm going to try to guess what you're going to do and I'm going to have it ready for you right away. Um, once in a while, you throw something different at it and you say, I want you to do this process. And the, the, the machine will say, well, okay. That's fine. I'm going to take this old process that I had spun up before and this memory and everything, and I'm going to dump it out to this kind of waste bin. And essentially, what these exploits uh, were able to do were infiltrate that waste bin and pull data out of it. So um, the meltdown one was... Uh, caught by some university guys in Austria who discovered that they could suddenly start pulling out things like passwords and sites they visited and all this stuff out of their machines. Uh, this is a certain part of the memory that this stuff goes in. What it means is, and the security implications are huge, because mm -hmm. it means that, like for instance, on a, on a, like a virtual server where you've got, you could have any number of, of virtual machines running on it, they all share the same CPU. So if, there, if this exploit was executed properly, you could potentially grab data from another machine. Now, these are supposed to be segregated, and that's the same with like the applications and everything on your PC. While it's not a super easy-to-exploit hack or, or anything like that, that you know, it's still possible. And um, now that it's out in the wild, it's probably likely people are going to try to exploit it as much as they can. Mm -hmm. Spectre's done, that's exploited through... Um, what they're looking at is like a JavaScript or anything in your web browser that uh, they kind of induce the the end user to execute this code, and it'll it'll go in and do that. So there's a couple little a couple differences there. So Meltdown just kind of allows a, a corrupted computer program to access memory of other programs, and Spectre seems a little more targeted in that sense. So how, the, the the companies are and all kinds of companies, whether it's Intel, Microsoft, whoever. They're putting out patches for this stuff, trying to protect all this. And right. there's, a, there's a danger that this is going to slow down. Well, not a danger, but uh, it's going to be really inconvenient a for the systems to get slower. Because essentially what they're doing is moving that waste bin I talked about to a completely different memory space, which means you're adding a lot of extra overhead and how much processing it takes to move this stuff around to keep it protected. So that's kind of my huge overview. I hope it actually made sense. I don't know if it did. <laughs> so... The slowdown is actually coming from the moving of the the waste bin, but not in like disabling predictions. No. Okay. No. So it's it, your processor is still predicting possibly what your next action would be. Yeah, it's just kind of the way they work. So it's okay. uh, from what I'm reading as far as what the slowdown could possibly be, it's really because they're they're switching. They're kind of making the uh, let's see, where's I'm, I'm going to pull up this article so I can quote them properly. Right, it's BGR.com. It's expensive time-wise to keep switching between two separate address spaces for every system call and for mm -hmm. every interrupt from the hardware. So um, since these context switches don't happen instantly, and they force the processor to dump cache data and reload information from memory, so it increases the kernel's overhead and slows down the computer. Right. But they're looking at maybe up to 30% slowdown. Wow. Everybody That's get your... That's a lot uh, of percent. <laughs> well, how about, how about if you have a thread ripper? Are you going to be okay? Oh, yeah, because you just use... 
use like four cores just for that. So. Yeah, because like a single core Pentium <laughs> is really going to suffer, but you know, like a 32 core Threadripper should be okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so everybody upgrade to Threadripper. You know, it's interesting. This this flaw goes. <laughs> it's it affects tons of different processors, ARM processors like the kind you keep in mobile devices, Intel, AMD. Uh, there's, there's, it's all over the place. There is one processor that it does not affect, and I'm not even joking about this. It's headlines everywhere. Raspberry Pi. Nice. Booyah. I'm not even joking. Uh, I just read a bunch of articles uh, that they are saying that Raspberry Pi is not affected by either Meltdown or Spectre. Hmm. Why I don't know what the difference is between uh, whatever processor. I don't. You know, I have a Raspberry Pi. I don't even know what processor is on it. I guess I thought it was just Intel, but I've. Mm, well, let's find out what kind yeah, of Yeah, let's, let's Google that. The Raspberry Pi is using a Broadcom processor <laughs> on the first generation. What is it using on the third? Because I read that too fast and gave you wrong information. <laughs> As usual, it's an ARM processor. Well, then it should be affected. What, what, it's, uh, a, um, it's a quad ARM Cortex. It, it, maybe that particular one doesn't get affected. <laughs> so everybody's <laughs> classic gaming console is safe. Nice. Maybe. I think Spectre would be a cool hacker name. <laughs> yeah. There's been some cool comic book names with that, using that name as well. Oh. Um, the the one thing I, I, I saw about this at first, you know, when, when we put the story in there was last week or whatever, when the news broke and, you know, saw this and thought, oh, man, this is huge. You know, it's another big one. End of the world. Everything's going to be impacted from my iPhone, you know. Yada, yada. The news stories are out there. Headlines everywhere. It, it seems to me after hearing and, and reading a little bit about it and... and um, listening to a number of other podcasts that have been talking about it as well, that these are very serious security issues. However, it seems like a lot of the doom and gloom that you're seeing in the headlines about, oh, man, everything your, your computer's going to be trashed. Oh, man, everything's horrible. A lot of this is just really overblown looking at clickbait in a sense where they they aren't super easy to get these on your system. I think it was Meltdown is much easier, can be... Um, I guess exploited by clicking on links and things like that to get this malicious code onto your your system, and I think it was Spectre. If I if if I remember what I heard it or read somewhere, they they basically have to have almost direct access to get some things in place, which can happen, but it's very very unlikely for a standard consumer user. That being said, it's not to downplay it. I mean, these right. are very very serious issues. But it's not the end of the world. You know, the, yep. the, the one thing we're going to link up here, and we've got it in the show notes, is uh, Mashable put up a pretty good article a, a day or so ago here, uh, a couple days ago, kind of talking about, you know, here's what you need to know about them, you know, explaining what Spectre and Meltdown are, and then breaking down to say, okay, here's what you need to do. And really what it boils down to is, number one, just remain vigilant and cautious on, on links and things you're downloading from the Internet you know, just stay vigilant on that, which you should be doing anyways. And number two, just make sure you're, you're doing your updates. Don't hit that remind me later button. You know, get get this right. stuff up to date and do it right away when it comes out because that's how you're going to be protected. I think the, the, the major impact areas are going to be more like businesses, corporations, and kind of large-scale things. Right. The, the way the attack works, you know, when I mentioned kind of the virtual environment, most most home users aren't doing that, but right. Amazon is, yeah, and Google is, and Facebook is. Right. Um, interestingly enough, the uh, I, like I mentioned, there was a this team out of Austria that kind of discovered this, and when they brought it to Intel, 
Uh, Intel didn't respond for a week, and when they finally responded, they said, you're the fourth one to tell us about this kind of attack. Right. And so the, another team had brought them the Spectre attack first. And so oh. it's not like these were found hacks at like malware. It's yep. actually teams that were working on exploits, bringing right. it up to the manufacturer saying, this is a bad deal. Let's look yeah. what we can do with this. So yep. it's it's pretty darn interesting. And it just so happens that all, all within the period of just a couple of months, this exploit, which apparently has been available since forever, yeah, just suddenly got discovered by a few different sources. Right, because so. this is impacting machines or, or processors or whatever from anything post-1995. So yeah, think about that. You know, this is out so, there now. I guess Google Project Zero, a lot of people, I'm not exactly sure how that works or what exactly it is, but I've heard a lot of people saying that they've had a hand in helping to identify and, and do some things with this too. But a lot of people are giving credit to Intel on this for the simple fact that while these patches are being put out there, they're not really saying what exactly is being patched. They're trying to keep that under wraps as much as right. possible just to help, you know, stop the widespread you know, exploitation from happening as best they can. However, here's the shady part. Intel's CEO, I forget the name, apparently he went in, he found out about this information, but a few days before it went public, uh, from what I've heard, allegedly he went and sold a bunch of shares of Intel Uh-oh, ahead of time. That's not good. No, and so if that's the case, obviously you're looking at insider trading and uh. a whole bunch of other stuff. So you you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. No kidding. And Twist on the story. Yeah, I can't help but think that somewhere, someplace, AMD and their Ryzen team are sitting back with their fingers up. Mr. Burns style. <laughs> it's possible. Now, I do have a quick correction I need to make to myself. Shit. AMD has confirmed that their processors are not affected by this. Yeah. I'm glad my um, new machine is running AMD. And AMD yep. stocks have soared. Yeah. Apparently. So, way to go. Uh, huh. Interesting. That was, of course, that was, when was this article? The third. So, that's about four days ago that that happened. But, yeah. Very Crazy interesting. Though. So yeah, p- patch yourself, keep yourself uh, safe, and if you work for a for a major corporation, you might be seeing information coming from your IT department where, hey, we're going to be having some updates. Sounds like um, Microsoft is going to be we're putting out patches, and yeah, yeah, you're going to see some changes there. But yeah, well, I like you... I like your suggestion, Dave. And just use common sense. Continue to stay safe. Keep your stuff up to date. Right. Whether it's antivirus, anti malware, your patches. Right. Don't open those attachments in your email. Who, who uses <laughs> Unless email they're from anymore? the Digital Soup Podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's hey, right. Speaking of Intel and AMD. Well, don't move on just yet. <laughs> oh, seg block. Well, you can't even call it a seg block because we talked about this before we hit record. Normally, we take a second at the end of the show and we give a little shout out to one of the other uh, great shows on the Gunna Geek Network because, as our listeners know, we are a proud member of the Gunna Geek Podcast <laughs> Network. And the reason I'm going to do this right now is because I listened to it earlier today. It's their most recent episode. Um, there's a there's a podcast out there on the Gunna Geek Network called the Operation Pug Podcast. Um, what they are about, it's from the creators of the Operation Pug web cartoon. They talk about video games, tech news, pop culture, and all things nerdy, as well as behind-the-scenes features on the Operation Pug web cartoon itself. Now, that being said, the reason I bring that up is because if you want to hear some more detailed breakdown about this uh, meltdown inspector situation. Break it they, down now. <laughs> right. They actually do a really nice, they have a good conversation about it with a lot of good information, um, you know, regarding 
how it works, how it gets installed, you know, from the best. They, it's not like they really did their research to really look into this for their listeners. So I do urge you go check out that most recent episode from them over on the Operation Pug podcast. You can find them on gunnageek.com and uh, give them a listen. So we'll just do the Gunna Geek um, plugging, I guess you'd say, right up here up front. So, Adam, you were talking about Intel and AMD before no, I no, said you. I wasn't talking you. about anything. Well, you were, you were I'm not trying. even on this show. I'm going to wear the headphones down. Were, <laughs> he throws his headphones to the yeah. ground. He would if he wasn't sobbing so hard. <laughs> so it looks like Intel might be teaming up with AMD to build Radeon graphics on core chips. Yeah. What? <laughs> Intel and AMD sitting in a tree. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Is that some kind of acronym <laughs> for, like, fast computing or something? It is. So Intel's announced that the new GPU brings together our high-performing Intel Core H series processor, second-generation high-bandwidth memory, and a custom-to-Intel third-party discrete graphics chip from AMD's Radeon Technologies Group, all in a single processor package. All right, so in English now, because yeah, so I'm a Yeah, so what tech that dummy. means, Jason, is? It, it, it's, it's, what it means is it's... it's Completely gonna, crazy, and I have no idea totally why AMD sweet. is doing this. What AMD <laughs> is doing now, just like they've been doing with their APUs for years, is they are, and Intel has been doing it with their like Iris chipset, is they are combining their CPU with a GPU. And uh, AMD has actually been destroying Intel in this area. Now, on the CPU side, Intel still has had a more powerful processor in their units, but AMD's graphic processors in their APUs have blown Intel away. Mm -hmm. So this is, you know, th these are two competing companies. This is Coke and Pepsi right here. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, Coke and Pepsi right. are deciding, well, let's mix our stuff together and oh, we'll make uh, seem right. Kepsi or uh, Pecock. I thought my, my thought was poke, and I thought that was bad enough, but Pecock, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, hashtag Pacock. We're going to get it trending. Yeah, yeah Pacock. But so what AMD is doing is they're taking their flagship new chipset, their Vega chipset, and they're putting it. It's actually called the RX Vega M, M standing for mobile, of course. And they're putting that in Intel's eighth generation core CPUs. So now Intel is going to have a great integrated uh, graphic processor. So why? Uh, you guys are competitors. AMD, you just fought yourself back up into the CPU realm with your great Ryzen line, finally, after all these years. And now you're going to sleep with the enemy? Really? Well, think of it this way. Now, I know the story you've got linked up. I checked the date on this. Now, this is actually a story from um, back in November um, when this came out, when the news broke. But... The one thing they point out in here, and I, I, this is my first thought as well, is this is a component. It's not like AMD is is getting in bed with them on their main Ryzen line processors, everything else. This is a component being used in this other thing, if I'm understanding this right. And it, it could very well just be a, a situation where by selling these to AMD and then getting a cut of what AMD sells them for, or excuse me, to Intel, and then getting a cut of what Intel is selling their entire unit for they may actually be making more money than selling it on their own um in and, a direct yep, point you know, point of sale Benjamins. you you are correct there but it's still it blows my yeah, mind it's that, very that weird. they're Check. actually doing this because 
Why are they not? As of right now, they don't have any Vegas in their APUs, but I mm-hmm. know that they're planning on doing that. Now, an article I have here is from two hours ago, the okay. one that I've been reading off of. That's where they, the official name is AMD's RX Vega M. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's link um, that so one up, too. Yeah. yeah, I'll link that into there. But I just I, I, I don't know how to stress this enough. That th- I mean, this is... Okay, let's, let's throw this out to the gamers out there. This is... Uh, Sony and their PlayStation line and Microsoft and their Xbox, they're the competitors. They've been for for the longest time. But now all of a sudden PlayStation is like, you know what? I want to use an Intel video uh, processor in my PlayStation 5. It's, it's, hmm. it's the same type of thing. I mean, you, you differentiate yourself. You have your own line. You are a competitor. You have this great video uh components that you could be mm-hmm. putting in your own APUs your own you know your own lineup but now you're doing it with Intel right and i just you know i don't understand that i mean i i, I well, guess you know it comes down to money but if people think okay well i can get intel which for the longest time has been the most powerful um processor because amd has not been able to compete I'm going to get that along with AMD's great uh, graphic prowess here. Why would I buy a Threadripper? Why would I go yeah. and buy an AMD APU? Why do that when I can still go uh, Intel and get my AMD video uh, integrated video? Why I just would solved, I... It. I yeah. solved it. I what? solved it. I solved it. Think of this. Right now, the, these two stories tie together. AMD not impacted. Adam just reported their stock shares are soaring. Intel now in trouble a little bit potentially, especially if there's going to be some insider trading stuff uh, happening. Who knows? AMD may well do this. And, and they, <laughs> they may well end up just buying Intel, keeping Intel as its own brand as a company of AMD, and then they, they double dip and make money on both sides. Okay, they're going to have to get a lot of Intel money well, for uh, to be able to buy Intel with unless, that said money because they do not have the... The, the deep pockets that Intel does. Well, this is just completely wild theory, right? I mean, I don't know anything here. I, I'm just shooting off the hip, uh, shooting from the cuff, whatever you want to say. But if Intel takes a big enough hit with these new um, uh, attacks going out there, exploits or whatever you want to call them that we talked about with Meltdown Inspector, who's to say Intel doesn't take a hit big enough that their price shrinks to a manageable within reach just saying, just saying. But you know, well, yeah. let, let, let me play from here though, Dave, because from all the articles we've read on Meltdown Inspector, it seems like a patch fixes it. Right. So it's not like it's going to be a long-term uh, Intel problem where they're going to have to create all new die. Dress. It's all you have to Foiled do is patch again. it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I I agree with you, Jason. I don't know why in the world this partnership exists, other than unless they've got to see somebody, whoever's making the decisions and created this partnership, yep. has to see. They must have some kind of vision where they're going to be making some serious money off of this. There somehow. is. I, well, I, they, I they believe probably that. will be making money. I do agree that they'll most likely be making a lot of money. Yeah. But it seems like they're cannibalizing it from their own setup. Not necessarily, though, because there is precedent for this out there already. A lot of people don't realize this. But one very, very notorious situation that this happens in is in the photography world where Everyone knows there's Nikon, there's Canon, there's Sony, there's Fuji, all these brands. I don't know the exact statistics, if it's half or three quarters, whatever it is. A lot of the different camera companies out there, 
that are putting out digital cameras and they're all competing with Sony, a lot of them are using Sony um, chips in their in their cameras. Sony Color, Sony you know, processing essentially. The new Nikon D850, which is being hailed as a fantastic camera, a real serious you know digital SLR, that's using a Sony a Sony chip in it, Sony okay. product. And they buy these and they get them. Sony's basically producing these things, putting them out, and it's a Nikon-specific Sony-based product that goes into the Nikon cameras, but it's still Sony double-dipping. And this could well just be a case like that where this isn't something that makes sense for AMD to sell on their own, and it's not necessarily going to hurt them because in the camera world, remember it was, uh, was it last summer or something like that? We just talked about how Sony is moving up the ranks and uh, Nikon struggling so much. There's a lot of talk on will Sony or someone else step in and actually buy Nikon. So it, it now, happens out is, there all the time. This is all geared towards mobile as far as I can read, right? Are we just seeing this in laptops? Your home desktops, you can have the integrated, you know, the processors with the integrated uh, video card on, right. uh, on both sides, Intel and AMD. I've actually built several of them. Nine times out of ten for, you know, my clients that I've uh, built these for, they also want a discrete video card because it's not been the best. Now, for some of them on the AMD side, it's been uh, just what they want because they do light Facebook gaming um, or no gaming at all. On the Intel side, the Iris was the best they had, but it still wasn't great. I mean, you still couldn't play any modern games at a playable rate. Uh, so it is that you were able to do this on the desktop. Now, all the designations on that integrated graphics on the AMD side did have that M because mm -hmm. it, they were constructed for laptops. Well, that's what I'm reading. I'm reading an article on Forbes because uh, a bunch of them just came out because they just announced this. And they're mm -hmm. talking about how it's it's got a very specific purpose in offering the best CPU and GPU performance in a very thin and light form factor. And then this person's kind of speculating that um, this might be Intel and AMD getting a real attempt to compete with NVIDIA at the high end for mobile discrete graphics market. Mm, that's the thing, too. Yeah, we never considered that, how the two of them are looking to gain share on the real giant with NVIDIA. So I don't mm. know. Speculation. Right. <laughs> Man, right, but right. Th this kind of news can really rock a person. But you right. know what else rocks you? Mm. The Roku. Uh, Dwayne Johnson? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I smell what he's cooking. <laughs> Roku. So it looks like Roku might be poised to enter the audio game with a new lineup being dubbed as Roku Connect. Yeah. Whoa, what's this all about? Well, it's it's not, first and foremost, what it's not, at least at this point, is a wireless speaker system like a Sonos or something like that. What it is is basically um, a system they're going to be using, a new wireless audio platform It's going to license it to third parties that will let them essentially connect your whole home audio. So if you want to listen to something in your living room or whatever else, you can do that, but it's going to focus just on the audio component of things, not like Siri or, or Alexa or Google or anything else. You're not going to be able to order stuff or ask it for the weather, but it's it's a whole system they're looking to build in, and they're selling that third parties so that it'll get built into many, many different devices and hopefully take over a large command um in that market so roku's got a pretty solid product and they're kind of quietly you know for, for all intents and purposes as much as we hear about the wars between alexa and all of that you know siri and google and everything mm -hmm. 
Roku is quietly just dominating, I think. Well, you they know, do make darn good as, devices. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're solid, they're versatile, you can do a lot, but this is a way where, you know, the example in the article is, you know, you could just say, hey, Roku, Roku play rock music in the living room, it'll start spitting out tunes from your sound bar, and meanwhile, you can ask it to, you know, start playing mellow jazz in the bedroom, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> is that what little, you would do? Uh, you know. Barry White. My name is Dave. Um... It lets you broadcast My music. My name is to... Dave. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Dave. <laughs> well, that's how I usually I was, approach things. I was doing things. soft jazz for him. <laughs> it let, so it lets you broadcast music to speakers and other devices using your Wi-Fi. Yeah. And partially powered by technology from Dynastrum, a wireless audio company it acquired in November. Mm-hmm. So Roku actually acquired a wireless audio company and then integrated this. That's pretty cool. Yep. Integration. <laughs> Integration. Integration. <laughs> right. Well, it's kind of important to know, too, that, you know, uh, Roku has adopted and, and now supports the Spotify Connect service through the Roku devices, which is huge because when it comes to streaming music, I mean, I know a lot of people use Pandora, they use iHeartRadio, they use, you know, all these different services. I, you know, tune in and everything else. Amazon I, Music. Amazon Music, Apple Music, all of it. But I think a lot of people now are more and more getting on board with the Spotify approach to things where it kind of combines the best of Pandora and, you know, Apple Music where you can curate your own playlist, anything you want. So we'll see what what happens. You are on Pandora. (laughs) Right. Oh, cool. I like it. I like my Roku a lot. I think it's a great device and very yeah, versatile. Yeah, all, all three of us have Rokus, and yeah, they're they're great for streaming devices. I mean, that's basically mm-hmm. what I just use mine for streaming devices. Right. So, <laughs> I was reading ahead on the show notes, and it's talking about okay. So the IGN editor in chief is fired for alleged misconduct. Right. His name is Steve Butts. Yeah, I know. Is that the, hilarious? Uh, the four year old in me is giggling. Well, and like, I, when I saw this, I I don't know who put it in. It must have been Jason. I did. You thought I was joking. Didn't I, you? I thought this was some kind of joke or or prank, like Steve Butts and Phil McCracken were talking. <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> Phil McCracken. <laughs> they were talking inappropriately at the water cooler and. <laughs> oh. But this is apparently a serious, uh, serious allegation. I mean, uh, looking at it, alleged misconduct. I'm, I'm not sure. What are they saying he actually did? They began looking into his behavior, I guess, last year. Mm-hmm. A staff member did allege that Butts had harassed her. That- <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> the three-year-old and Dave. Uh, no, no, it's the, it's, the full, yep. it's the full nearly 40-year-old that's laughing at that. <laughs> now, it doesn't get too in-depth about what exactly happened. It just I said that, some butts. Uh, <laughs> that the, ste- the senior staffer uh, had targeted uh, several female, uh, you know, employees with manipulative and abusive hmm. comments on a regular basis. Now, I'm wondering if it was a little bit like, um, oh, what was that show? Um Oh, the, the, the broadcasters, the news guys. Oh, Anchorman? Uh, yeah, Anchorman. If it was like, toots, babe, you know, uh, I got to get the broad out of broadcasting, you know, that type of stuff. <laughs> Why don't you go back to your home on Whore Island? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Anchorman is, though, both of those movies, not to not to make light of this situation, because it's yet another serious allegation. And, right, it's butts harassment. Right, well... It, yeah. <laughs> It's not, I mean, we certainly don't want to come across as being like, oh, look, another, you know, 
another lady's claiming someone harassed her. It, it, it's a very serious thing, and you know we're seeing this more and more every day. Companies, you know, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's major companies, everywhere it's coming out. And you know, if there's if there's legitimate stuff happening, good on them for coming out about it. You know, but at the same time, it's it's just a situation where, I mean, it, it kind of. Maybe it's just me, but I kind of can't help but feel like, okay, here's another one. Is this going to come out? And there was something that happened, or was this just a situation where someone was forced into leaving or getting fired without any actual evidence being produced? You know, who knows? It's I'm not a lawyer. It's not for me to say. But that being said, Anchorman and Anchorman 2 still, they're such (laughs) damn good movies. Pardon my language. Sorry. Uh, I, I, I can't watch those movies without laughing. Little known fact, I've not seen the, the sequel yet. Oh, so they're both so well, good. Now it's a widely known fact. Yeah. Yes, it is, because we have tens of listeners out there that right. now know. Right. Yep. You hear that, you four guys? You're welcome to that information. <laughs> hey, you, were, you were talking about Spotify earlier, Dave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Spotify has a $1.6 billion copyright lawsuit, which could be a major milestone in the music industry. Right. Um, Jason, do you want to talk about this? It's, 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 uh, it's cray-cray, as the kids would say. Mm-hmm. Oh, that rhymes pretty good. <laughs> what, uh, what this is all about here is uh, the lawsuit alleges that Spotify um, is using like uh, Tom Petty's Free Fallen and The Doors' Light My Fire and tens of thousands of other songs without license and compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Um, uh, I got a... Uh, so I used to be in a band a long time ago. That ended yes, in we know you were cool, Adam. You had all the checks. <laughs> you guys remember you when I was in a band? No, but um, the reason <laughs> I bring this up, because you brought this story up, is my, my old guitar player got served, got given some, some papers on licensing with Spotify, because apparently we were on there. We didn't even know it, and... It was one of your bands is on Spotify. Yeah, Skywarden was on there, and it's well, got, don't you guys have to do that to be on there? So, a, did one of you guys put yourselves on there? No, none of us remember uh, getting huh. on Spotify. Yeah, see, I I actually have a song that myself and the singer in my band recorded years and years ago, just a real, truly a demo recording. But he went and he did put it up on Spotify. And it's still out there to this day. But well, you guys, we, let's let's link these uh, songs up so uh, you know our listeners can hear you guys in your heyday. Yeah, I should see. I don't know how do you link something to Spotify. That's what I, I have don't no know. Idea. <laughs> okay, we'll tell them the song title and uh, uh, artist name, and maybe uh, it'll pull up. I don't know. I don't know how he has it listed. I'll, I'll see if I can find that. But yeah. Okay, but back to the story here. Back what, to the actual story. No, where no. this is all coming from is prior to launching in the United States, Spotify had attempted to license, you know, uh, recordings from all the different labels. Uh, but, you know, they were in such a hurry to get to market because of, you know, all the competition that's out there. Uh, they, the article does say they made insufficient efforts to collect the required musical composition information and in turn failed in many cases to license the comp- uh, the compositions embodied within each recording. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. basically what that breaks down to is they did not cross their T's and dot their I's oh. to get the proper... Uh, Licensing rights? License, and they just started playing the music anyway. Okay, okay. Now this makes sense because what my guitar player got, I just found his text to me. It is a list of all of our songs with them uh, trying to get our signature for a license. 
Oh. Like they're trying now. They're trying to license it seven years later. <laughs> right. Like, so hey, Spotify can... is trying to. Yeah. That's yeah, what. That's what sure. Are you that's what Are you going to see some revenue? <laughs> yeah. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> I could see ten thirty cents total. <laughs> Split five ways. No. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Four. Four. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you, what are you going to do? You do with your nickel. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Anyway, so, back to the lawsuit. I, uh, you know, I, I just listened to the free component of Spotify. I don't know how many people actually subscribe to this. I don't know how Spotify actually makes all of their money. But if they get hit with 1.6 billion lawsuit, would that close them down? I mean, do mm. they do they have the purse to actually, uh, you know, survive this? I I don't know for sure. Um... I know I do actually subscribe to their premium service, as does my wife. We've got uh, – we really should do a uh, a family plan, which you can do, which makes it super easy, and everyone everyone gets their own, you know, lineup. But, I mean, just a quick check here. As of February 9th, 2017, uh, it's estimated Spotify has a current net worth of more than $800 million. Um, yep, it would close them down then. But that's uh, twice their net no, worth. But that's that's <laughs> see, their I'm a mathematical net- genius. This but guy. that's their that's their net worth, <laughs> where Spotify's current actual valuation is at around eight billion. Oh. Whoa, that's so a little I'm, more than I'm what seeing as of eight September twenty seventh, twenty seventeen. I'm seeing Spotify also stories saying they're now valued at about 16 billion. Could be actually more than that. So would you know, somebody get a freaking license for that song? Yeah, and I think <laughs> I, I don't remember. I, I know I I'm saw the only it one that laughs at my jokes. <laughs> well, that's nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> so yeah, now that I'm looking at this, it's like the 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 sentence at the very top, and I don't know why I just stuttered there, but I did. Um, notice of intention to obtain a compulsory license for making and distributing phono, phono records mm-hmm. is the document we received. Right. Phono records. Ties right in. But yeah, that's big money. Right. And my guess is what will happen, because I believe there's something they can do where essentially at Pay this point... Pay installments, like maybe 50 bucks a month or something. <laughs> no, no. But I, <laughs> I think... Go at, a layaway plan. Yeah. Well, I think at this point they can go out, make payments, and... Get a basically an extension, uh, what they call it. I think it's called a, a mechanical license for the songwriters or something like that. But mechanical. Well, I, don't th- I don't. I you know I really don't think that you know uh, Tom Petty cares right now. Well, his estate might. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. What uh, is his estate? his estate? Is what that? That's a house. What is it? No, care? no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. Uh, you come you know, on now, Eileen. <laughs> hey, speaking 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 of coming on now. Oh boy, maybe Yikes. we'll be coming off now. Maybe we could um, be phrasing. It's time for a geek off. Yeah, nice. That's right. We've got some brand new music for our fun little segment that we are now calling the Geek Off. So in this corner, we have Jason out in virtual studio land. I'm going to eat your children. (laughs) In another corner, we've got Adam, and uh, he's, I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm a cannibal. (laughs) My name's Jason, and I play belly drum. (laughs) 
Hi, oh, I'm Adam, and I'm a I'm afraid of my testicles. Oh boy. <laughs> Goodness. Why did I sound like Michael Jackson? Goodness. <laughs> oh, he's soon, not afraid though. of testicles, believe oh, me. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, oh. Anyways. Right. Oh, Dave, back to Dave. Wow. No, that went that went sideways in a hurry. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really dropped the ball there. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> All right, let's get uh, this geek off yeah, going. So, Jason should be sacked. <laughs> You're nuts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a pair we make. <laughs> All right, back to Dave. <laughs> if dying. Dave can compose himself. I'm dying. Oh. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Jeepers creepers. Anyways. <laughs> the first one was good. The second one kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, no. But anyways, this is our weekly segment where I'm going to ask you guys a question, and I want to hear you guys argue it out. Now, so far... We haven't really had any good good debate from you guys because you kind of just keep agreeing on things. So I'm no. going to throw one at you today. Adam sucks. Go ahead. <laughs> throw one at you today that maybe we'll get a little little uh, good discussion going between you. So this week in the Geek Off, I want to know, would you rather get superpowers but look like the thing for the rest of your life from the Fantastic Four? You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> so you have superpowers. Rock hard. Yeah, but you look like the thing. Or be as successful as Steve Jobs, but look like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh. I, I vote for Pedro. Yeah, I kind of agree. I, I want to look normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't get you guys to disagree. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you want to look like a hideous rock monster or a guy, a guy that yeah, runs but you get weird? Or just a geek, right? Or just a nerdy guy. What, can I have the superpower to change into a, a human again? Uh, no. <laughs> well, but Napoleon Dynamite like isn't isn't just a nerdy guy. I mean, he's... is a great dancer and a lover. He's, he's, <laughs> I, I also think he's a good artist. Yeah, he's, no. but he's pretty... Pretty out there on the geek spectrum as far as the looks. He's very, very much that stereotype that you know eats his own boogers. Hey, type of type of look, you know. The first one here who has not thrown an action figure out the window of a bus on a string and watched it go across the ground. Throw <laughs> Let the first him stone. cast the first stone. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do in the day, today, Napoleon? I don't know. Uh, I feel like gosh. <laughs> yeah. Talk to some hot babes online. <laughs> See, if you're as successful as Steve Jobs, your looks won't matter when you're Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. But then again, that if you had same argument, you're right. Yeah, but look at the. You're a hero. How much does the the thing weigh? Oh, he's tons. A lot. So I mean, he's gonna have trouble. I, I don't know the exact weight, but I know he's all huge. kinds of normal daily tasks. Would he have rock hard abs though? <laughs> well, naturally, technically. <laughs> I now, mean, here, the here's the twist where where I want to take it, which is. Okay, successful Steve Jobs, look like Napoleon Dynamite, so I'm clearly a, a rich kind of philanthropist. But mm -hmm. at night, I turn into a superhero that, that looks like the thing, but is not the thing due to copyright issues. <laughs> More like the, the item 
<laughs> the item. Here's look out, it's the item. <laughs> and you can't even call yourself the rock anymore. No, the stone. No, it's it's the copyrighted. Stone, the stones. You can't even call yourself the stones. They'll sue you. Oh. <laughs> the rocky crevice. <laughs> I'm all out of ideas. That's where he wipes. <laughs> Maybe you could just call yourself Rocky Mia Maya Via. Oh my gosh, I can't. Fail. Maya, Mia 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 Mia. Mama Mia, you can't talk. I got How a lot of stuff. What was his dad's name? I, why can't I pronounce it right now? Maya Via. Maya Via. Oh my gosh, just who's, punch me in the face with your rock hard Maya fist. The Rock. Oh, okay. Dwayne Johnson's dad. Gotcha. Wrestler. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are both gonna agree. You're gonna take Napoleon Dynamite looks and. All that comes with that, but be successful as Steve Jobs. Yep. Gonna, yeah. Because then I'd immediately start working out. Gosh. You're going to pass up being a superhero. Uh, what good is it to be a superhero if you look like a rock? People loved him still, and that's what part of his story arc is. He thought he was a monster, but people actually loved him because he was a hero. But can a woman actually love him? Sure. I mean, not no Viagra lie. needed. <laughs> <laughs> He's always oh. ready. <laughs> and well, oh, well, I'm sorry, but I think uh, Adam and I both agree this All time. Right. Yeah. Here's 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 what I'm going to say to you though, Dave. For the next one, think this through a little bit more. Uh huh. Uh, you know, wow. you have no, no, no. I don't. I'm Harsh. not. I'm not trying to <laughs> get me right no. next time. You jerk. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say. Think of it in this respect here. You have known uh, Adam and I for quite a long time. Uh -huh. you, you know a lot of our feelings on different things and stuff. Next week, pick something that you know we absolutely will have different perspectives on. Uh, I I don't know if you'll have different. That's what I I have. I thought I had somewhere. I, like last week with the Star Wars, Star Trek, I thought I'd have one of you on each side. Well, but... I took the Star Wars side yeah, for quite yeah. a while, and you he, know what? He I took was... it for you, but in essence, he did go the Star Trek way, right? Yeah, but well, you know me... what? I was thinking about that again today because I, I played all the way through Battlefront Two, and I was like, "Dang, you finished it!" Yeah, in wow. one day. Well, the the campaign's like a four hour game, and I don't oh, need okay. to see my children. Okay. So <laughs> I got up. What? I'm like, what? What year is it? I was in the basement playing video games like an adult. You come out and <laughs> big, big beard. Oh wait, you started that yeah, way. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. You come oh. out and you're bald. Anything crazy? Anything crazier? An Apple would be buying Netflix. Am I right? All right. It, that would be it. That, <laughs> that would be insane in the membrane. Yeah. So oh. I'm Steve Jobs. I look like Napoleon Dynamite. Now I'm buying Netflix. There you go. Yep. There you go. Steve Jobs also did the thing is not just saying. Oh. Steve so, Jobs did the thing. No, I'm saying when you guys made your choice. <laughs> Dude, really? You're successful. I thought the but thing you, was straight. You are successful and you look like Napoleon Dynamite, but you are dead. The thing is not. <laughs> so uh what what they're teasing about here is uh I mean the headlines have been this headline's been all over the place is Apple by Netflix. Analysts are just they're kind of looking at it and seeing the likelihood of it, and they're predicting like a 40% chance that this might happen. Mm -hmm. Nothing is confirmed. Absolutely right. nothing. Um, but one of the reasons why they're saying uh, there's a possibility of this is because under Trump's new tax cut, <laughs> oh boy, Apple's looking to come into a lot of cash. <laughs> and they're estimating about $220 billion. 
So huh. uh, with that amount of money, uh, they could easily uh, start, you know, going on a spending spree. And one of them, for some reason, they're they're picking up that it maybe it could be Netflix. Well, let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. Ask that that assumes that no other companies are good. I mean, obviously, with this tax cut, every other company like Apple is going to be seeing these big potential windfalls in in money mm-hmm. based on on the tax code. If if that's how that works, now Netflix has to agree to be bought. I mean, they they can't. Apple can't just come in and say, "Nope, we're buying you. You don't have a company." Well, anymore. no, is is. Is uh, Netflix uh, on the stock market? Yes, it is. Okay, so they could purchase a controlling share of Apple, yeah. and yeah, uh, cool. then you mean Apple would purchase a controlling Apple share? Apple could, Netflix. yeah, control the share of Netflix. Sorry, and then in essence, you know, they'll be you know controlling it. Well, they would be controlling. But this brings—I mean, we're not really a financial podcast. Oh yes, here, we are. Obviously. Oh, I played one on TV once. But think about this: Who? Sell high. See, I know everything. <laughs> if huh. it's gonna be like that, <laughs> so Apple's gonna come in and say, Netflix, we don't care what you're doing, we're buying you, and oh, we're gonna either use you in our service or wipe you out, whatever the case is. There's a lot of companies out there that have Apple money or more. So who's to say someone, let's just use as an example, Disney maybe gets this huge write-up and says, Um, we're gonna buy Apple. And while we're at it, Microsoft, they're going to just buy Ford, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, the, I, I don't know that that's, that's possible for these companies to basically go in here and just start grabbing everything. I, I would have pay to them think enough that, that... They won't be grabbing, yeah, they'll be handing right. over. But you have to look at, too, Netflix isn't as big as, you know, say, Apple or Disney. Netflix is a pretty big company in their own right. Who are they going to go out and look to snap up in the meantime also? Ooh, Snapple. Yes. It's like- Snapple and Netflix. <laughs> yep. It's, it's snap on thing. tools. Oh. Snapflix. Snapflix. Oh. <laughs> it's like Snapchat, but with Snapple and watching Netflix. Yes. <laughs> but they need something speculation. I do yeah. like that they're saying 40%, which basically means, hey, if it didn't happen, we said the likelihood wasn't there. <laughs> yeah. But if it does, right. we're like, hey, look at how cool we are. It's look kind at of us. A, that's nice. We're awesome. We're pre- yeah, we're predicting the future. Speaking of predicting the future, X-Files yeah. tried to fight the future once, Dude, but they're, uh, yeah. they returned last Wednesday for the 11th season. You guys watch it? I haven't seen it yet. Not yet. I have to I did you watch it. the last return oh like, yes i watched all there was either five or six episodes and i actually really enjoyed them i did not watch those it, yet it was almost like they had never gone it was it was good hmm. I, I enjoyed it now i'm gonna watch it it's it's on i believe uh wednesdays yeah that's what it is it's on wednesdays so i still have to watch last week's and then mm-hmm. you know just a couple days i'll have this new one it's only 10 episodes this season uh i like that though for a lot of short shows. seasons yeah it, it does work good I do. That's something good that they're they're kind of ripping off from from British television, mm-hmm. and they do that Sherlock, a ton yeah. over there. These short ten episode, twelve episode seasons, eight episodes, because it it's really like watching your favorite movie, mm-hmm. where they can take time to really tell the story that they want to tell. Yet you're not bogged down when you look at it and say, because I'm sitting here thinking, I, I love X Files. I used to watch it on and off sporadically. I never watched every single episode. 
And I've thought I oftentimes did. about going back and saying, I should rewatch this whole series. And then you look at how many episodes are there, and it's just like, mm, I don't have time for that. That's no, a see, lot of TV to watch. I'll watch something else. <laughs> well, like, like you're saying here, Dave, is uh, 10 episodes is perfect because – it's so much easier to write a story arc for 10 episodes than right. if you were to do the standard 22 episodes or 25 or whatever the standard is. It's somewhere in there. Well, yeah, uh, 20 to 23 usually. So yeah. it's, you know, it works out It works out really nice that they, mm-hmm. they're able to do this. Now, there is some bad news here. Mm-hmm. Now, at one point, there was an interview with um, Jillian Anderson, who plays Dana Scully, that did, uh, she did come out and say that the 11th, you know, this 11th season she did, this will be her last. And uh, Chris Carter, who is, you know, the writer, producer, you know, he he, he makes all the, you know, the goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did say, and I'm quoting here, for me, the X-Files is Mulder and Scully. Uh, he told this to uh, Collider, I guess, as well, in an interview. Uh, but he says, I think uh, if it were without Scully, I wouldn't do it. That's not my X-Files. Now, I uh, I agree that you you need Mulder and Scully in this, and that just brings up to the last two seasons before that the reboot last year. They had Mulder, you know, um, oh, what's He's his name, David Duchovny. He decided he no longer wanted to be on X Files. He wanted to branch out into movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he moved on, and then uh, the T one thousand. Uh, became Scully's new partner, if you guys know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about yep, here. Yep. Yeah, Robert. Is it Robert Patrick? Yes. So yep. he did it for two seasons. Now Mulder, uh, you know, Dana, uh, Dana Duchovny. Wow, I'm really Whoa. shipping them. I'm <laughs> shipping them now, aren't I? Woo! There he goes using that using that hip my new pants. slang. <laughs> <laughs> now, now David Duchovny did come uh, back for you know a handful of episodes through those two seasons to help out the story a little bit, but. So Chris Carter saying, without Scully, there is no X Files, but without mm-hmm. Mulder, there is. That's that. well, he's saying it now, <laughs> and he had a contract before that was probably bigger. Yeah, and until so, they plop a check in his lap that says, "True uh, that. go ahead and do this." <laughs> hey, I inc- I'm including a link in the show notes um, for a, a article on Tumblr actually skippable, which it, it tells you which episodes you can watch and which ones you can skip. <laughs> Because oh, if you don't, if you only want to go with like the main story arc, just watch these. The rest of the, like the Monster of the Week okay. ones, if you don't want to get into those, they have that listed. Awesome. Out, so. Well, I kind of like the Monster of the Week ones a lot, though. Granted, they didn't, you know, they weren't canon, you well, know, but I, I well, enjoyed them. Jose Chung's from Outer Space is probably the best one. <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys That's watch? A dead uh, alien. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Sorry, it just seems I don't know what you're talking about, but it seemed like such a out of left field statement, which I'm sure has deep meaning on the show. Yeah. Holy crap! Before you go any farther, Dave, I'm I'm skipping through on this uh, skippable here that uh, that Adam put up here. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at oh what this is season six. It doesn't tell me the exact episode it is, but uh, what episode number? But the episode title is Drive. And it had Brian Cranston in it. Oh, really? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Sweet. 
I'll have to check that out because that might be a good way for me to to kind of cruise through all of it. I know I've seen a lot of it and I get a lot of the references, but I never watched it every single week. But right, me neither. Guys... I was addicted. I did every week. I I just I couldn't wait for to right. turn on Fox. I think it was Sunday nights. I loved now, it. With this, when they're showing the skippable, I was going to ask you real quick. X Files obviously had the main overarching story, but they had the monster of the week. Were they very much like their own? Like you could watch that and it'd be just a one and done nothing carried on kind of an episode is that what you're meaning the monster, monster of the week yeah the monster yeah. of the week ones were like a one and done episodes like you said they they didn't really carry on the whole story of Mulder's sister being abducted right uh, all the 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 men much, in black much and more, all that kind of stuff yeah much more twilight zone-ish where it's just kind of its own story or think of think of it a little bit like uh you never watched supernatural though did you no Supernatural has from the season one through season 13, I believe, is what they're in now. Yeah, another they, one. They've had this arc in story uh, that has been expanded throughout the seasons, mm-hmm. but they've had Monster of the Weeks, you know, right. all the time. And, and those, they, they are nice. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I watch a show called um, Blind Spot. I think yep. it's in its third season now. Sure. And it is completely the story from episode one to the the season finale every year. The story just keeps going. Mm-hmm. You don't have any type of break. It's just like action, 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 action. Having a monster of the week once in a while to break it up, uh, it, it it did make it kind of cool. True. If you're doing, yeah, I mean that that's another show, Supernatural, where. I'd love to watch it. I've heard such great things about it, but 13 seasons at 20-something episodes a season, <laughs> yeah. I can't do it. That's where a 10-episode season is so nice because yeah, you, you can, can just it. stick and, and really tell those interesting stories all the way through without that fatigue setting in. But did you guys, did you guys watch, uh, was it called Black Mirror? Yes. Um, I have not. I have all four seasons, but I haven't watched it yet. I, I need to check that out, too. A lot of people are raving about it, but a lot of people say it's really disturbing. But well, I, I, the other one, I'm wondering, is there something going on with Gillian Anderson, why she's walking away? Because this isn't the only show she's walking away from. What other show is she walking away from? She was one, I, and I never got around to watching it yet, but I love the book, so I need to, I need to binge this first season. But she was... One of the prominent characters on Neil Gaiman's American Gods, which was also supposed to be a fantastic show. Yeah, and did that get canceled after the first season? Because it didn't no, come back this year yet. No, it's it's still. Or is coming it a back. summer show? I, I I don't know if it's a spring summer or what, but it is coming back. But she has also announced now that she will not be returning to American Gods either, and it's not mm. clear at this point entirely whether it comes from her walking away or something with the show's new management, but kind of interesting that she's walking away from, I mean, what else is she doing right now? Is she doing movies or anything? Not that I know or, of. Or is she just deciding to kind of retire? Well, she's yeah, not maybe, that old. Maybe she's just sick of doing it. Yeah. Sick of doing it and doing it and doing again. <laughs> All right. Well, it is official about the X-Files. Um, four yeah. days ago, she... Uh, yeah, she did announce she's officially quitting the X Files. Um, I don't see anything about this other show. Okay, America Gods, Jillian Anderson leaving American Gods. Okay, well, two days ago. Don't worry. Yeah, okay. Five years from now, or within some certain period of time, someone's going to yep. reboot the X Files. Exactly. It's be like, oh, it's it's the new Mulder and it's Malder and Scally, and they're both <laughs> like supermodels, Solder and Mully. 
Yeah. It, it it could be just like uh, Dukes of Hazard when uh, Coin Vance took Luke and uh, <laughs> Bo and Luke's yeah. spot because Coin Vance right. was a bomb, dude. Right, <laughs> bomb diggity. That's true though. Reboots are happening everywhere. Yeah, tell us about uh, another reboot, Dave. Well, when you guys think of Robin Hood, who's your Robin Hood? Uh, I can't remember his name. I think it's something like. Carrie Elwes. Yeah, there you go, Carrie oh, Elwes. <laughs> yeah, unlike some tights, other Robin Hoods, <laughs> I can speak with an English accent. <laughs> right, right, that's funny, Adam. You were thinking the exact same thing yeah, as me. Yep. He was well, except I said wanted. Gary like an idiot. Yeah, tool. <laughs> I'm well, such a tool. This guy, Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood. I mean, the the last major motion picture made about Robin Hood in a, in a serious movie, not not a comedy, was probably Kevin Costner's, wasn't it? No, there's uh, one after Kevin. There Costner. was a uh, oh, the guy that played Gladiator. Oh, oh, uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, it was like a garbagey movie. It was not okay. I never seen it. Well, apparently there is a new remake of Robin Hood happening as we speak. It's got a big cast behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jamie Fox, Taron Egerton, or Egerton, I should say, who was in uh, what the heck was he in? Kingsman. Something big recently. The Kingsman. Yeah, yeah that's he's what the main it was. kid in Kingsman, or the main guy. Yeah, is he playing? In- is are they he making Jamie Foxx Robin Hood? Or no, is it, Jamie Foxx, I believe, if I'm seeing this right, is playing Little John. Is it okay? His his sidekick, and uh, Egerton is starring. Producer credit going to Leonardo DiCaprio. So big oh. power behind it. But what's weird about this? And there's some images in an article we've linked here from um, the Telegraph.co.uk. And um, they've got some images from the movie, which the way they're describing it, it's it's a gritty take on it. And they're saying a lot of it feels like Robin Hood meets the Hunger Games in terms of visual style uh, because yeah, of there's the futuristic <laughs> elements, but also real primitive at times. Yeah, there's a, a picture of this guy squaring off and he's got like a blazer on. Right. Yep, and he's that's gonna be that that picture you're seeing there. I believe is the guy playing. Oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, the main bad guy, Far in Robin Hood. Nugan. No, Jamie uh, uh, <laughs> Sheriff Nottingham. Nottingham, yeah, yeah. Sheriff of Nottingham. Yep, yep. and that's um, <laughs> you know what's great in Men in Tights. <laughs> no, he's like, uh, give me the good news. <laughs> It's like he's the sheriff of Nottingham just starts laughing. It's like, uh, what did he say? They just kicked our ass or whatever he said. It was great. I, I need to watch Kick, that beat again. Beat the crap out of me and my men or something like that. It's, it's been so well, long. Wasn't there somebody in there that was blind or something? He goes, am I looking at him? Am I, am I facing him? Oh, yeah. Do I not yeah. have that right? Blinken. Blinken. Blinken, yeah. Blinken, Abe Blinken. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Hey. Because Dave Chappelle is like, hey. Blinken, did you just call me Abe Lincoln? (laughs) (laughs) So good. Maybe we're going to have to do that for uh, one of our uh, shows. That'd be fun. We, you know, with this Robin Hood, though, I'm I'm very intrigued because I've always liked that story. I mean, I remember seeing uh, the Robin Hood with Kevin Costner when it was the huge box office blast as a kid. That was good. And I mean, I I remember watching it over and over. I've seen it since then once or twice, and eh, I'm not sure it holds up. I mean, it's okay. There's some cool things about it, but this new new telling of it, I mean, some of the actors in there are describing it as basically like watching this medieval Robin Hood story, but as if it was shot like Zero Dark Thirty, where 
they're they're shooting their bows, but I guess a lot of that's computer generated, so it's super rapid fire. Like think of the elves in in uh, Lord of the Rings, how they're just so fast, and mm. a, a lot of the stuff where the action's going to be pretty intense and everything too. So, I mean, it, it looks from everything they're showing, just the still images and stuff, looks like it could be good. We'll see how the story goes, which is ultimately the the biggest issue. Mm. But you know, I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, it looks pretty good. See, I don't mind them rebooting old books. Yep. You know, as much as it's like, oh, we better make another Spider-Man with an origin story. Right. Although, right. I mean, it's Robin Hood. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping they'll do a, a sequel or a reboot sometime to Schindler's List. Oh. <laughs> oh. Jason <laughs> at digitalsuitpodcast.com. Like... <laughs> well, this time, you know, oh. uh, put in a little extra money and make it in color or something. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> Well, that was a phenomenal movie, that Schindler's List, though. Actually, I've never seen it. I oh, just, really? Uh, oh. No, you just said a book. You know, you like it when they make stuff out of books, so I tried to pick the worst book. <laughs> yeah, Jason you, you would probably like that that other comedy diary of Anne Frank. You should read that book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, where to take it from here? Man. I think it might be time for the weekly garnish. It is, and appropriately because of <laughs> the way that last segment ended, we all want to forget okay, about we'll it. We'll cut it out and put it post well maybe if we had that guitar, maybe if we had the guitar going into the weekly garnish it'd be a little bit better i need to just record a clip like i did for the geek off well we could do that yeah but what i want to talk about this week for you guys is i read this article it's a long read it's over on the new yorker it's basically a book review new um, in a new in a new series they've got but the the article is based on a book that i really do want to read the book is titled anesthesia the gift of oblivion and the mystery of consciousness now sounds like a heavy title it's written by a woman named kate cole adams but the reason i'm putting this in there is a the book sounds cool but they're talking about the idea of what if when you're put under anesthesia when you're going in for a major surgery or anything else you're actually not fully out as if you're living through it and there's a lot of stories. This book goes in, and, and she's interviewed a lot of people, both doctors, anesthesiologists, as well as a lot of people who are claiming to have gone through surgeries and other things where they were awake and they remember things. Ooh. And Do they kind feel of, things? Well, yeah. I mean, there, there's one story. This is, like I say, the article on The New Yorker is pretty long, but there's a section at the end of it where, or towards the end, middle end of it, somewhere in there, a woman is talking about she was having, um, I believe, a C-section and having a baby. And she said all of a sudden it was like, uh, you know, semi-trucks were driving back and forth across her, her stomach. And I guess because when you open up the abdominal cavity, all the air rushes in and it, it gives a, a feeling of a ton of pressure in there. But she felt like she wasn't breathing. And I guess she wasn't because a ventilator was doing it for her because she was out. And it was only when she heard the doctors talking to her husband saying, you know, her husband's name, look, you've got a little girl that she realized she was awake during the operation. And I guess it, her, her thing goes on to chronicle. She's fully aware. She began to panic. She felt all the Ugh. pain and paralysis. She couldn't do anything, though. She was just paralyzed. She couldn't do anything. And like that woman's story, she said she consciously turned herself around, started feeling the pain and just going right into it to just kind of let it enclose her. And saw, you know, she basically felt like she was in the presence of everything that has ever been known by man, et cetera. And it, it's such a, a fascinating idea. I mean, and Whoa. terrifying that 
they, they talk about the idea of consciousness and what if it's kind of like, oh. you know, you're not actually unconscious, but it's kind of like, if you think of your consciousness on a day-to-day level, you know, you, you've got like a sports team out here that has a coach, you know, telling them what to do, giving them the plays that's all very organized. And when you go under anesthesiology, the the sports team is still out there. They're still playing their game, but there's no coach, so it's all just kind of random chaos. Nothing is syncing up. Your mind isn't isn't connecting. And they kind of refer to it in, in a, with a good analogy of what if it's not actually um, general anesthesia, if it's more like a general amnesia where you actually, your consciousness is there, you feel everything, everything else, but the anesthesia just kind of messes up your brain. And I guess a lot of the doctors they interviewed and stuff said, yeah, they know how to do this, how to put a person into this state, but they have no idea what's actually being done because Whoa. they don't know anything about consciousness, you know? That is it, crazy. It yeah. does. It almost sounds like it's general uh, um, general paralysis, lead. too. Uh, yeah. You know, they just they, they can't move. I mean, they're, they're, they're fully... That is something that has terrified oh, me. You're talking about this terrifying you? Mm-hmm. What if, and I believe there was a movie about this at one point, you go under uh, anesthesia and it doesn't, like like in this story here, it doesn't deaden your pain or mm-hmm. your consciousness. You know everything that's going around you, but yeah. you are completely paralyzed. You can't move anything, mm-hmm. even your eyes. Now you're right. talking about something that has really happened on occasion, yeah, these which are, is a these are, terrifying, yeah. well, I mean beyond yeah. this, comas for yeah. years, unable to move. But yeah. being fully conscious, right. that oh, is that, terrifying. That would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the uh, the jaunt by Stephen King, like yeah. in real life, where right. you're trapped. A, a, in... Somebody read that once, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it's, it, I, that's frightening to even think about. It's almost like being buried alive. Right. And I mean, I don't, I, I'm not usually one to read this type of a book, you know, where it's kind of like a medical, you know, nonfiction type thing. But this one, to me, I, I might have to pick up because the book, again, titled Anesthesia, The Gift of Oblivion and the Mystery of Consciousness, to me, it sounds like there's such a a lot of you know stuff that's both fascinating and terrifying at the same time. I mean, there's other examples they give in there where a woman had a, a cancer surgery in her abdomen, and after she woke up, she felt like something was wrong. She went back to the surgeon, saw a psychiatrist. You know, they gave her pills for depression, nothing helped. She was certain she was going to die. And when she went to her surgeon, uh, you know, to for another follow-up, basically she, you know, for whatever reason, she blurted out a saying, saying the black stuff, you didn't get the black stuff. And at that point, the surgeon's eyes just, you know, bugged out because during the operation, he was chatting idly with his colleague there, like they will, you know, you see doctors talking about whatever as they're working, about black mold in his bathroom. And no matter... No matter what he did, he couldn't get rid of it. And so her her subconscious or whatever had heard this and thought, you know, it mentally affected her too. It wasn't just a physical, like, pain. She didn't feel any pain or remember any of that, but she had this massive anxiety that she was dying and just a lot of really wow. weird stories. And this, if, if you read the New Yorker article, that, that might be enough to satisfy your curiosity, but it it's a long article, but well worth the read. Because they give little snippets of this example, but it really makes me want to check out this this book. Crazy, yeah. I, well, that I was, can't. Uh, go ahead, dude. Uh, I was gonna say I I can't believe we're ending the show on a topic like this. I think it's kind of cool though. Like, but it, that was a great topic because it's it makes you really 
it's unsettling. Think about it. It's unsettling. So with that, <laughs> I want to send all you unsettlers <laughs> over to digitalsuitpodcast.com where you can find all of our information, whether it's social media, whether it's subscription information, whether it's our articles that are separate from the show notes. Uh, come check us out. Interact with us. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Maybe leave us a review and tell a friend. Uh, we'd love to have you, and uh, we just appreciate your listenership. So from all of us at the Digital Soup Podcast, to all of you listeners out there, have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Take care, guys, and remember, stay tuned. We've got a special new feature coming that we think you're going to really like. So that'll be coming soon. Later, Gators. Hey, um, quickly here, uh, back when I was in high school, um, I took creative writing one and two as a senior because I had almost all my credits. I could have graduated early, but you know me, I wanted to hang out with my friends and everything. Uh, so I didn't want to go off and, you know, take some free college courses. What an idiot. And so I stayed, I stayed in high school and I, uh, you know, took a bunch of, you know, stupid classes, like video production stuff, but I took creative writing. And I wish I still had one of the uh, poems. Yes, I wrote poems. Shut it, mm, Adam. Cool. Um, and this one poem was, um, I can't remember what I had titled it, but I always remember some of it. And one part of it was, I cannot move my arms or my head. I cannot move them. Uh, I cannot In move. In my bed. No, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't getting Dr. Seuss. I cannot move them no matter what is said. <laughs> I cannot uh, move them, Sam. I am. I cannot move my arms or my head. Something. Uh, Would you? Could you with a bed? No, just, and my dad then is oh. what um, I did Whoa. it, and it. I I really enjoyed it. You know that poem was really dark. This was during my Stephen King, Dean oh. Koontz, Michael Crichton, uh, John Saul. Sure. And I actually wrote a 90-page novel. Really? Um, which I didn't finish, and I don't mm. have You've it anymore. What? Oh, oh I know. Technically, that would be a novella. Yeah, a novella. But it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't done. I was making it a full-fledged novel. And right. I really mm. thought it was decent because I had read so much of that genre mm -hmm. that I was putting you know, all these ideas on That's paper. Cool. And, of course, I don't have it anymore, and I, I'm, I'm so upset. That sucks. It's just, it just been cool more. to read again. I mean, not yeah. that I would have finished it and published it, but just to read that again because that was thirty freaking years ago. Hey, have you guys <laughs> ever heard of sleep paralysis? Yeah. Yes, I. Th there's a movie about that too, um, and I think I might have it, but I haven't watched it yet. But go ahead and tell us about it, and I'm going to find the movie. Well, I, I've actually experienced it before, especially when oh, I was really? a teenager. It kind of started where uh, suddenly you wake up. And mm -hmm. it's like uh, somebody has set like a sandbag on your chest. Mm -hmm. And you can't move, you can't talk, you can't scream, nothing. And you start Jeez. to like, your brain starts to show you things. And it is just the creepiest thing ever. Um, I had no idea what this was for years until mm -hmm. the internet. And I found out it's actually a thing. And there's also, this is going to sound really creepy, but it's called old hag syndrome. Yeah, and yeah. This, this is something that's what? found in uh, cultures across the world throughout mm -hmm. history where it's sleep paralysis and there's always the presence of some like looming witch-like horrifying yep. figure that sits on your chest the old I've hag. heard that yep. and i had mm. i've actually seen that in, in my experiences which is super creepy um 
one time when I was a kid. Yes. It was like okay. a it was like this freaky looking lady, and I had no. That's when I had no idea what was happening. When I finally was, like was able to wake up. But, oh man! But yeah, it's uh, sleep paralysis is actually like now it's you read about it. There's a scientific uh, basis for it and explanation for it. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, what I was, uh, you know, I mentioned there was a movie about it. There was actually two movies that came out, one in 2015, one in 2016-17, though the web is listed as two different years for some reason. The first one is called The Nightmare, and the second one is called Dead Awake. Um, now, Ugh. you guys can both watch those on Plex if you wanted to. I have not seen <laughs> right either before of them. Right before bed. Yeah, right before bed. But, yeah, that's, you know, that is, that is something that... Um, I have not experienced myself. I can't believe you've actually experienced that. That's, that's pretty. It's pretty creepy there. But uh, from the movies and stuff, I've seen the previews of it. it. I mean, it is literally they are awake and they're looking at the ceiling yep. and they cannot move their body at all for like uh, several minutes. Exactly. Um, exactly until right. un, until they finally are able to physically move. Probably. Yeah. And, uh, Which is boy, real. Yeah, and I don't know how I would be able to even handle something like that if that happened to me. Oh, it sucks! I'd be freaking out. Ever since I had, so I had that. For, we're still recording, aren't we? Yes. Well, you're not going to yep. include this in the show, right? Well, I, it was going to be the after show. Oh, okay. But, you well, know, it's whatever. getting creepy, but anyway. Well, so the first time after that happened to me when I was a kid, because I think I was like 12. It was like if you look at sleep paralysis on Wikipedia, mm-hmm. there's two images on that page. That's kind of what it's like. And it was it was so terrifying that I've had episodes of sleep paralysis since, but I just refused to open my eyes. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and it hasn't happened to me in several years now, but maybe it's with age and having sleep apnea and being fat. <laughs> but it's uh, being fat. Yeah, there there's uh, there's actually like explanations for why it happens and how it occurs, but only it's like physical movement would would cause it to end. So. You know, you like wiggle your toe or something, and you can snap out of it, basically. But it was, can uh, just, can somebody else bring you out of it, like uh, slapping know. you or something? I I hope so. <laughs> but yeah, that the the worst feeling is that you can't operate any of your limbs. You know, it's hmm. like, but you're so you're you're basic. Your brain is basically in REM sleep, from what I understand. But because you're, you know, when you sleep and you dream. There's safeguards in your mind and your and your brain that keep you from acting out your dreams. So, mm-hmm. like, you dream that you're running, you're not actually running in your bed. Right. Although people do, they do have moved their legs like in a running uh, fashion. I've heard. Sure, but in, in general, though, I mean, like, if I'm in a, a dream that I'm getting chased and you know getting into a gunfight, I'm not like tucking, rolling, and all that stuff. I'm right. just tucked in, nice and quiet, like sleeping. So it's really the uh, that safeguard's still on, but you have your conscious. But and I don't know why people see stuff, but it's it's crazy. There's like shadow people. It's always like evil presences in the room. Slenderman. Yep. So a lot of the uh, a lot of the theory that on like alien abduction, for instance, is like the it's sleep paralysis, and this is what is happening in your brain. Whether it's like a real life demonic thing, or if it's who knows what it is, it's like a super creepy, but weird explanation well if your subconscious is still controlling most of your thought at that point yeah it could introduce all kinds of weird stuff into you know your that that area between wake and sleep it could Mm -hmm. the the strange thing is though that that hag old hag syndrome which is across the world different cultures for throughout time like there that the on wikipedia that painting on the on the top of the page is from the 1700s 
Yeah. It's like this stuff is, has been happening and why, why would there be a common collective thought like that, you know, or is it just like human nature to fear something like that? But it's such a you, weird thing. I'm trying to think, uh, was it the podcast Myths and Legends he might have talked? No, I don't think it was there where I heard him mm. talk about that, but something about the, the old origins of that, so... Mm. Now, so sleep uh, well, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. So, a, a quick question here for you. So, if you were dreaming about Scarlett Johansson, would oh. things be moving? You think? <laughs> Scar Joe. <laughs> All the, the, right. the succubus. Oh, no, 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 oh. no, no. no. Three fifty. <laughs> three fifty. <laughs> Goddamn, long day monster stole my three fifty. <laughs> I'm glad somebody else saw that episode. Oh, awesome. <laughs> 